If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Genesis, starting with the first chapter, and we're going to read verse 1, starting with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, God, because we know that it gives us life. We ask you, God, to not just cause us to hear your word, but, Father, to be able to respond to it from the depths of our heart. Now, God, our prayer is that we want less of us and more of you, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what I want you to notice is let me create an atmosphere for you if I can. If you would... John Matthew, clear the screen, hit clear all, and then take all the lights down in the house. In the beginning, it was dark. Have you ever tried to navigate your way through darkness? Going into a dark room can set your nerves on end trying to feel your way through the obstacles can become a treacherous path. But the Scripture said that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And the Scripture said that God saw that the light was good. Everybody say, the light is good. He didn't say that about the darkness. He didn't say darkness is good. He said the light was good. And it said, and then he did something. He separated the darkness from the light. Now, let me remind you that everything that happens in the natural world has a spiritual correlation. So God wants to bring us out of darkness. The Scripture says that he, in the very beginning, he separated the darkness from the light. And if God separated the darkness from the light, we need to separate ourselves from the darkness in this world into God's light. Amen? Go ahead and bring the lights up, please. Thank you. The question becomes, how do you do that? You know, and now if you've got, if you, if, if you doubt what I'm saying, if you doubt that there's a correlation between the natural and the spiritual realm, let me just share this scripture with you. It's in, Gen- or it's in Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Everybody say, let there be light. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that it's getting darker in this world. 
When I was growing up, I didn't have people trying to encourage me to change who I was through surgical procedures. I have read horror stories. And let me just say this and clear the air about this so everybody's not walking on eggshells in here or feels like this. Gender identity, everybody's always wrestled with that. Every kid probably does. You say, what are you talking about? It's part of growing up. But what's happened is we've had darkness come in, and darkness is trying to get you to forget who God made you to be. God made you. God doesn't make mistakes. He made you. You're not a mistake. You, my friend, are fearfully and wonderfully made. But darkness has come in. I, I was reading a, a boy's testimony of what they did to him. He was just a teenager, and he said, I didn't know what was going on. He said, I, I had so many emotions going on inside of me that I, I, I couldn't be responsible. He said, nobody counseled me. Nobody talked to me. He said, instead, what they did was took me into a operating room and did a surgical procedure on me that has destroyed my life. Darkness. And God separated the darkness from the light. How many of you know that God wants you to walk in light? Amen. Now, let me share something with you so I can kind of uh, bring this to real terms for us. So in the book of Kings, 2 Kings, I believe it's the sixth chapter, the king of Assyria is plotting to attack the king of Israel. But all of his plans keep being thwarted because Elisha is telling the king of Israel where he plans to attack. How's that possible? He thinks that somebody on his staff is a spy. And he begins to question them, which one of you is for the king of Israel? Somebody's telling all our plans. And one of the guys spoke up and said, no, it's not us. There's a prophet in Israel that is able to, <laughs> there's a prophet in Israel, can I say it this way, that is penetrating your darkness and exposing it to light. You need to understand that you serve a God that when the enemy has a plan and a plot to destroy you, God is able to penetrate that darkness and expose it to light and bring you home safely. Everybody say, let there be light. So light was being exposed on his dark, devious plans. King of Syria got so mad, he sent his army after Elisha in a city called Dotham. When they surrounded that city early one morning, Elisha's servant looked out and he saw, man, this entire army. I, I mean, think about what, think about how you would feel if all of a sudden you woke up in the morning and found out that the United States Marines were in your front yard and they had tanks and ballistic missiles and saying, come out with your hands up, what would you do? You'd come out with your hands, you'd holler, who you're looking for lives across the street. <laughs> and so... He's petrified, and he runs into Elisha, and he says, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Elisha looks at him, 
and is very calm about it. You see, the more you get to know God, the more confident you're going to become in his being able to keep you. The more confident and sure you're going to become about his loving you. How many, I wasn't, it took me a while before I could tell Debbie I loved her because love wasn't a word I threw around. Some people say, oh, I love you, and then they love pizza. I mean, I'd like to be separated from a pepperoni if that's possible, but, you know, it, you understand what I'm saying, the terminology. And, and, and so I, I remember the night that I took her and I set her down and I said, there's something I need to tell you. I did what? Well, we don't need to tell all that. <laughs> I, I, I picked her up. She's saying, you picked me up. It was in the dark. I was like, would you be quiet? No, God. Okay, so, <laughs> so I was, I, 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 I set her down and I said, I need to tell you something. And I was real serious. And she looked at me and she said, later, man, she thought I was getting ready to confess to murder or something. And, and, and I, I said, I, I need to tell you something. And she looked at me and I said, I love you. And she said, Oh, is that all? <laughs> I had her scared. But you see, love was something that she was familiar with, something that she expressed, and it, I, I didn't because I had lived in darkness for so long that you, you understand that if you have true love, you can't have true love in darkness. What are you saying? I'm saying the Bible said that God is love. And if you have love, if you understand that love, then anywhere love shows up, there's light. Because you can't have love separated from God. And so, this king has surrounded them. But Elisha is confident in God. And Elisha prayed, God, open my servant's eyes. And when God opened the servant's eyes, he saw an entire army bigger than the one that Syria had sent. And it was up in the mountains, and they were chariots of fire and horsemen. And man, when he saw that, you know, it's kind of like when, uh, you know, John Wayne shows up on the screen. Everybody all of a sudden starts to stand up a little bit straighter. All right, now you all in trouble. God showed up. And when God showed up, it brings confidence. Elisha prayed and he said, God, blind their eyes. And so that army, though they were not literally blind, they were not able to determine or discern where they really were. I can't tell you how many times, and Sister Betty will understand this in mission work, but how many times that in mission work I was going into Mexico with trailers full of supplies. Trailers that I knew, supplies that I knew, were going to hang me up in customs if they saw it. And I was praying, God, please. And I can't, I can't tell you the number of occasions that I'd had those border security open my trailer, look right in at what I was carrying, and close the doors and say, okay, you can go. And literally, I remember asking God, I said, God, did you just cause them not to see what was in there? I mean, did you just blind them like you did in Scripture? 
and so these guys are blinded, and Elisha walks out to him, and he says, look, I, you're, you're in the wrong spot, but I'm going to get you to where you need to be. And so he takes them and leads them to the capital city of Israel at the time, which is Samaria. They have no clue where they're at. They don't even see the soldiers that just surrounded them. And when God prays, open their eyes, the army of Syria looks around and they are surrounded by an Israeli army ready to take their lives. And the king is yelling, can I kill him? Can I kill him? <laughs> and Elijah said, no, don't kill them. I want you to feed them and then send them home. Now hear me. Light is never meant to destroy. Light is meant to show you the way home. Amen. Amen. Everybody say it with me. Let there be light. So anyway, time clicks on and passes. The king of Syria shows back up after several years, I'm sure. And this time he's put a blockade around the city of Samaria and he's starving them out. Things get so bad that they're selling donkey's heads for 80 pieces of silver and dove's dung as an hors d'oeuvre. And people are thrilled to get it. Everybody say, that's bad. <laughs> the king of Israel is so mad because he's thinking, man, I had him right in my hand. I could have killed him. I could have killed him. And so he's so upset with this, and, and, and he's mad at Elisha. And Elisha tells him, he said, look, within 24 hours, they're going to be selling wheat and barley at record low prices. You're, you're going to be able to get it for a bargain. And one of the guys said, even if God opened the windows of heaven, that couldn't happen. And Elisha told him, you're going to see it, but you're not going to be able to experience it. We have to quit doubting God. Amen. We have to quit speaking doubt and fear into every situation we're facing. And sometimes you just got to trust him even when you don't know how he's going to do it. Somebody say, just trust him. Say it this way, let there be light. There have been times when we were traveling that I found myself broke down on the side of the road and I'd kick into a song. He'll do it again. I'm not going to kick into it. I never did kick in. I tried to kick into a song and Debbie almost kicked me out of the trailer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it was, it, I, I couldn't sing it in key, but I'm telling you the words resonated with me. And it was just take a look at where you are now and where you were then. Hasn't he always come through for you? Well, he's the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Everybody say, he's going to turn the light on. He's going to show you the way out. And so while all this is going on, there are four lepers that are sitting at a gate and they're starving to death. And they're not allowed in the city. And they said, well, even, what are, what are we going to do, sit here and die? If I go into the city, they're eating donkey's heads in there. That's not going to help me out. If, if, if I stay here, I'm going to die. So they said, let's just get up and take a trip to the enemy's camp. Now, there's a thought. Let, let's just make a decision 
that we're not going to be afraid anymore, that we're not going to be pushed back anymore, but we're just going to walk on down to the enemy's camp. And they said, if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. And so that's what they decide to do. Now watch this. I want you to look at the, the reading in this. 2 Kings 7, verse 3. So there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gate. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We'll starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as well go to surrender ourselves to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, everybody say twilight. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. Now watch this, because when they set out for the camp of the Armenians, God was already busy doing something to the Armenians. He had caused them to hear chariot wheels grinding and the pounding of horses' hooves. And they thought that the king of, e- or that the king of Israel had hired armies against them. And they took off. Now look at this in verse se- chapter 7, verse 7. Therefore they arose, speaking about the Armenian army, therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Everybody say twilight. The word twilight here means dusk. Everyone say dusk. It's the faint light which is reflected upon the earth just before the sun sets. Let me show you twilight. So it's not completely dark, but it's getting dark, and it's going down, and there's twilight. And then after the twilight, is darkness. Everybody say twilight time. We're living in the midst of twilight. We're living at a time that it's growing dark. That when you look around you, you, you remember the scripture that said men's hearts would be failing them for fear? Twilight time. Folks depressed, Folks strung out, uh, they're, they're so anxious, their nerves are taking them over, and it's getting dark for them. But it was still light. Everybody say, there's still some light. It wasn't dark yet, and it was at twilight, before it got too dark, the lepers moved. And when the lepers moved, they found out that there's a God that's able to move even when it's growing dark. And as they moved at twilight, the Armenians ran away at twilight because of what God had showed them or because of what they heard, really, not what they'd seen, but because of what they had heard. And they come in on this camp, and there's food everywhere. Think of it. If you're starving to death, and all of a sudden you walk in, and there's roast turkey in one tent, and roast beef in another tent, and roast pork in another tent, what they do? They had a smorgasbord, man. They were going tent to tent and eating. They, they, they were getting all this stuff, but then all of a sudden it said that they, they came to themselves. Now watch this. When the men 
with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine. They carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait till morning, some calamity will certainly fall on us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. What are they saying? They're saying, we're not doing right here. We have experienced a God that just rescued an entire nation. But nobody knows it but us. And we're keeping it to ourselves. Anybody in here ever have God do anything for you? Wave your hand. If you, well, if you've had God do something for you, go, yeah! <laughs> well, it's been awful quiet in here up to this point. I mean, if God did something for you, shouldn't you tell somebody about it? Shouldn't you be willing to share it? And those lepers say, we're not doing right. We got, when you've got good news to tell and you don't tell it, you're not doing right. And they said, if we hang out here and, 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 and wait until morning comes, we're going to be in trouble because he's given us good news. We've experienced a miracle from God and we're not telling anybody. Oh, somebody hear what I'm saying. How messed up was your life? How twisted was your mind? How broken was your spirit and your heart? And God sent his good news and rescued you. He brought light into the middle of your darkness and now it's time to shout it out. Let there be light. Oh, no, 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 wait, no. Shh, quiet. We're in church. We don't scream until we go to the ball game. Go Cubs! Escort him out of here. No, <laughs> Go Cardinals! See, we only get excited about our team. So my question is, whose team are you on anyway? Who, who are you getting excited about anyway? God help us when I'm more excited about a baseball team than I am about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Help me when I get more excited about a new car I got than I get excited about the new life I found. Somebody hear what I'm saying. Let there be light. We've got to let it shine. The good news shines the light of hope. When somebody's in a mess, they don't need you to diagnose them. Well, I think you've, you've got schizophrenic. There's multiple personalities working in your head and we need to figure out which personality you really are. I don't need a diagnosis. What I need is some good news. <laughs> and can I tell you that the gospel means good news? So somebody say, preach. How come? How come I got to do all the preaching? Has God done anything for you? 
Do you understand if the only place I preach is from behind this pulpit, I'm not a preacher at all. I'm telling you that there's darkness and they need to see the light in the darkness. Let there be light. Watch this, watch this. Let me, let me show you how in tune Jesus is with light. St. John 1 and 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Did you hear what I said? The darkness can never extinguish it. But pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. I mean, I, I've been in some dark places in my life. Cut, cut everything off, would you? Cut, just cut everything off. That's not everything. <laughs> Clear the screen. Let there be light. Isn't it something that this room's filled with darkness? And I, I know there are people in here because I can see outlines of you. And there's one really excited person in here. But all of you, even though you can't see me, you can see my light. The truth is, I don't want you to see me because I'm messed up. I want you to see Jesus in me <laughs> because where he came, he brought light to everyone and the darkness can never extinguish it. Oh, but you don't know. I know some stuff you did, Pastor. I know you before you were a pastor. So did he. And he changed me. And he, he turned my life around. And now you can talk trash all you want, uh, but you're never going to put out the light that's inside of me. Uh, somebody hear what I'm saying today. Let there be light. Just because you did something once upon a time doesn't mean that that darkness can control you. Here's what you've got to understand. That we're created of heaven and earth, right? So we've all experienced light and darkness. The challenge is to allow the light in you to be greater than the darkness that tried to overcome you. Because the darkness can never extinguish the light. Everybody say it one more time. Let there be light. John 4 and 16, it says, The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. Now watch what Jesus says here in John 3, 17 to 20. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Everybody say, I'm not here to condemn it. But that the world through him might be saved. He, now we read that and we stop there. But there's more to this passage. He who believes in him is not condemned. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you believe in Christ, you are not condemned. But he who does not believe 
is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light that has come into the world, or that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. How many of you have got some mess in your past? And how many of you would prefer that that mess not be thrown up in your face? People were condemned. We, we're not here to condemn. We're here to light the way. People are condemned when God shows up and they reject him. When all of a sudden the light shines in their life, but they push the light away because they want darkness instead. Why? Because of their evil deeds. Hear me. When you love sin more than you love God, you're in a mess. When God is reaching to you and saying, I've come to save you, and you push him away and say, no, I want to stay in the mess that I'm in. Thank God he's merciful. Because the truth is, we've probably all done that, haven't we? We probably all had God extend his hand of mercy to us to try and pull us out. But all I've known is darkness all my life. And so when I see light, sometimes it may frighten me or I may not understand it. But hear what I'm saying. He says that darkness can never extinguish this light. That no matter what's going on in my life, it'll never be able to drive him away from me. It'll never push him out of my sphere. He'll come after me. He'll come to rescue me. And all it takes, all it takes, run up here real quick. All it takes, stand right there. Okay, turn around and face that way. Think about it. All it takes for God to rescue us is when we turn toward him. As soon, I got some scripture for this. As soon as the prodigal turned back toward his father. He wasn't home yet. He hadn't got home yet. But as soon as he turned, the father took off running to meet him where he was at. He didn't wait for him to get home. He just saw him turn to all. You need to hear what I'm saying. Let there be light. Let there be some hope. Let there be something in our heart that just causes us to turn. Because when we turn, he comes after us. He'll never be alone again. He's trying to tell him about all the darkness that was in his life. And the father is too busy commanding the party to start. <laughs> Kill that fat calf. Bring me a robe. Bring me a ring. Put it on him. But, but I'm not worthy because your son. Hush your mouth, boy. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Give him a hand, would you? We let the devil try and keep us in darkness we let allow the devil to try and keep our understanding dark when it comes to God 
And God is trying to turn the light on for us. He's saying, don't you understand how much I love you? Don't you? All I've been waiting for is you to look my way. I, I, I haven't been waiting for you to come up here and drop on your knees before me so I could look at you and say, what a rotten sinner you've been. I'm going to help you because you ask. Now, you, you don't understand the love of God. Let there be light. Let there be understanding. <laughs> because in the beginning, what God did is he separated the light from the darkness. That boy that got his life all messed up and thought he didn't need his father, all of a sudden just turned to head back toward his father, and his father came running after him. And he said, that's all I was waiting for, because now I'm going to separate the light from the darkness. Now now you understand the difference. You thought that it, you, you could make it without me, but now you know that it's only in the light of my love that you can find peace and rest. And he separated them. John 12. Jesus replied, My light will shine for you just a little longer. Well, before I read that, let me tell you what John 9 and 4 and 5 says. This is Jesus speaking, and he said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Everybody say, while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you. The Scripture talks about that he's going to shorten the days for the elect's sake. He said, otherwise, no one would be saved. What's he saying? He's saying, this world is going to get so dark that if I didn't shorten it for those that really love me, for the elect... They wouldn't be able to make it. Now, I need you to hear what I'm going to say. You need to have the understanding from what he said concerning that, that our salvation rests entirely on him. Because he already acknowledged we won't make it if he doesn't do something for us. So I'm going to shorten the day. Here Jesus is speaking, and he said, I've got to work while it's day, because night's coming when no man can work. There is a door that is going to close. And when that door closes, the light of this world is going to pull out. And all of a sudden, you're going to see darkness like you've never seen before. And God is going to judge that darkness. Now, watch this. John chapter 12, Jesus replied, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in darkness cannot see where they're going. Put your trust in the light while there's still time. Then you will become children of light. After these sayings, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in him. Your salvation is not hung on a miracle. It's not hung on a healing. Your salvation is hung on the cross. 
It's about what he did for you. All the miracles that he was doing, people still wouldn't believe him. Still wouldn't believe him. You read the book of Revelation, Karen's getting ready to start the book of Revelation. But in the book of Revelation, after the church has been raptured and all, God starts pouring all this stuff out and people know it's God because the scripture says that they acknowledge that they know that that's God and yet they still would not turn to him. So he's encouraging everybody, walk in the light so you can be children of light. Open your mouth real big. Real big. Turn up. Turn it up. Boy, if I had a water hose right now. No, just open, open, open your mouth. Turn it up and say this. Light me up, God. Light, light me up. What's he saying? He's saying, hang out with me. Get around the light. And you get around the light, you're going to become children of light because I'm getting ready to light you up. We didn't have any problem when we were in the world, did we? Every Friday night, we were trying to get lit. Every Friday night, we were trying to find a way to light ourselves up. But here's God saying, listen, I've got a light that'll penetrate any darkness that's ever wrapped itself around you. I've got a light that can break every chain, pull down every wall, destroy every stronghold. If you'll just let me be there for you, let there be light. Everybody say, let there be light. Now, Paul understood what Jesus was saying here, and, and, and Paul experienced the light of God firsthand. You remember Paul was Saul, right? And all of a sudden, Saul is having people arrested and murdered because they're Christians. He's on his way to Damascus to arrest some more folks. And what happens? He sees a great light. A great light. Somebody say it was great. I wasn't flicking a bick. This was a great light. This, this light knocked him down on the ground. And his response to it was, who are you, Lord? I'm telling you, God knows how to get your attention. Jesus is able to introduce himself to you very personally. Paul writes to other believers about the urgency of walking in the light. Listen to what he says in Romans 13, 11, and 12. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Here... The scripture describes light as being armor. I want everybody, if you got your phone, I want you to turn your light on. Would you do it? If you have your phone with you, turn your light on. Now, cover it up, cover it up, cover it up, cover. Just get it out, get it ready. I'm giving you a second while you got some light in here. Turn the light on, get it up, get it ready, okay? All right, clear the screen, let's go dark. Everything dark. The light's dark. There we go. Now, okay, now I want you to expose your light. Oh, my goodness. Now I want you to take a look around you. 
What I want you to see is the impact. This isn't everybody. Everybody doesn't have their cell phone up. Everybody, but when you look around this room, it's enough to get your attention. It's enough to make you say, you know what? There's something real about this light. I've heard about it, but now I see it. I'm experiencing light in the midst of my darkness. We are the champion. <laughs> this is what he said. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But then he said something else. When he got ready to leave, he said, ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill can't be hid. Men don't put candles on bushels or under bushels to hide, but on a candlestick so that everyone in the house can see. Let your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. What's he saying? He's saying, when you let your light shine, it causes people to see Jesus. When you let your light shine, it points them to the, the way, the truth and the life. When you let your light shine, would you cut your lights off for just a second? Just dim your, come off, just take them out. Jason, run up here again. How am I supposed to let my light shine? If, if Jason's in darkness and I show up and I say, hey man, you know you're in darkness? You need, you need some light in your life. His, 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 his eyes just started dilating. His head went back. Why? Because I'm blinding him. The scripture said, let your light so shine before men. Put your hand on me. See, in other words, if my light goes before them, what I'm doing is I'm lighting the way. And they're finding their way out of darkness. Somebody say, follow that light. Peter makes this statement. He said that we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Would you stand with me? Let there be light. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. What darkness is trying to paralyze you? You know, all darkness isn't the same. What do you mean all darkness isn't the same? Oh, I've, I've been in places that were dark, but there was just a, a, a faint hint of light, and I could see outlines. And I remember going into the heart of a cave. It's called Mammoth Cave. 
they took me into a room and they said, now nobody move because we're getting ready to shut out the lights. And they said, everybody put your hand in front of your face. When they cut the lights out, I couldn't see my hand and it was that close to my face. It was a gross darkness. I don't know what darkness is trying to isolate you. It may be a darkness of depression. It may be a darkness of heartbreak. It may be a darkness of disappointment. They're not all the same, but they all come from the same place. The prince of darkness. I'm here to tell you today that no matter how dark it seems, there's a light that wants to invade your darkness. <laughs> and when you allow that light into your darkness, that light can never be put out. It can never be extinguished. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when he touched my heart for the first time. It wasn't that darkness didn't show up in my life again. It wasn't that all of a sudden the devil took off running and I never had any battles again. It was that when darkness started to come in, that light that had permeated my life began to rise up inside of me. That's why the scripture said, greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. There's a light in you that cannot be put out. Let him invade your life. Welcome him in today. So this is what I want to do. I'm going to give you a moment. That if you're here and there's a darkness that's trying to lay hold to you, a darkness of sickness or a darkness of disease, a darkness of disappointment, I want you to bring that darkness to him today. Would you do it? I'm going to hold for just a moment. If you're here and you don't know him, you've never said yes to him, you want to give the devil a nervous breakdown, walk up here right now and say, Jesus, I don't know everything there is to know about you, but I know enough that I don't want to live in darkness anymore. You come up today and let him penetrate that darkness. The light can never, the darkness can never extinguish the light. So you sowed the light of love. You showed the light of the gospel. He's seen it and he's heard it. And the word of God says that the darkness can never extinguish the light. It may yell at the light, it may rail against the light, but the light's just gonna keep on shining because the darkness can't put it out. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. I believe that light is going to invade darkness and in Jesus' name. Come on, love him with me. Love him with me in this place today. If you're here, I want you to move up front, move up front. Then, oh, you share that. Oh, you see. 
begins to happen. How many believe that God's able to touch her body? She's got a heart ablation Wednesday. I believe God could do that right now, don't you? That God, that God could just take care. Just stretch your hands to heaven with me, right, Father? I got the upper hand I remember a prayer meeting I had one time where it was just me and God and the devil was attacking someone that I knew and loved I was just a kid and I went into the basement of a church and got down and started praying God make the devil pay for what he's tried to do I've had this prayer on more than one occasion in my life. Another time when a car lay torn apart on an interstate, on a mission trip, and people headed to the hospital, and I was told that they weren't going to live, that one wouldn't live. God, make the devil pay for what he tried to do here today. God healed that person. That person never even got admitted to the hospital. And I prayed, I said, God, I'm asking you to make him pay and use me to do it. Use my life. Use my light. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven and say, light me up, God. 
light me up, God. I don't want to just be a, 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 a candle blowing in a wind. I want to be a light on a hill. I want to be a... something about darkness if she's been in Honduras all those years. I was in Honduras and flew in. We, we did a drop there, a medical drop after that flood hit. And I, I went into a town called La Ceiba. And when I was in La Ceiba, I had a guy come up that I figured out later was into voodoo or witchcraft or something. And he, he come up and he laid his hand on me. That night I got real sick. And I, I, I hugged a toilet all night long. I heaved until there wasn't anything left to heave. And the next day when I started thinking about what happened, I started praying, God, make the devil pay. <laughs> I found that guy in the park <laughs> and before God got through with him, light had invaded darkness. <laughs> I'm telling you that God is able. Father, I thank you for my sister today. God, for all the light that she's shown through her life, God, in dark places. I ask God that you honor her. Father, and lift her up, strengthen her, God, and let that light continue to shine. Jesus name. God, we thank you, Father, for your healing power. God, we thank you for your miracle working power. But we thank you most of all for the light of your gospel that changes lives forever. Thank you, Father, in Jesus name. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. Say, God, light me up. Say it one more time. Light me up. You know, you, you get in places and somebody says something to you, you say, oh, that really lit me up, man. Every once in a while, you've got to get mad at the devil. Every once in a while, you've got to get like Popeye and say, I've stood all I can stand and I can't stand no more and go for the spinach. 
Go for the God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, fighting off the kingdom, letting our be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. We walk out of this place today, we're not walking out defeated, depressed, or forsaken. Paul said, you may be persecuted, but you're never going to be forsaken. You may be cast down, but you're never going to be destroyed. He makes a statement, and he says that I've been made more than a conqueror. What's that? Well, Goliath was a conqueror. David was more than a conqueror. Because it wasn't about size and it wasn't about strength. It was about faith. This battle's not mine. I'm giving it to you, Lord. That's what David said. And then he looked at that giant and said, Today, the Lord is going to deliver you into my hand. The giant you've been facing is getting ready to fall. As you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now, say it with me, light me up, God. I want you to take this with you. When we talk about light me up, God, I was—I used to sell fireworks, so I knew I—I I, I did it to raise funds for our youth when I was a youth pastor back a few years ago. And I—I I had this firework, and it said bottle. It was a bottle rocket, and it, it had 30 firecrackers in it. And I lit it up, and when I lit it up. It went straight up in the air, and, and right after I lit it up, this car came in front of the house, and it turned, and I'm watching that bottle rocket. And that bottle rocket turns in the air and starts to take a nosedive. That car goes up to a stop sign, and I'm watching, oh, God, no. God, no. He's got his window down. That bottle rocket went straight for his car, hit his, just missed going in his car, went under his car, and 30 firecrackers went off. Bow, 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 bow. He made the block and pulled over and pulled up to where I was at. And I walked out and I said, man, I am so sorry. I said, that thing took a, a turn I wasn't expecting. I said, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't think he believed me because I was laughing so hard. I, I couldn't control, I thought, I, I looked at that and I thought, I can't believe I said that to say this, you can't direct God in your life 
you're going to have to surrender your life to him and let him direct you are, are you with me because some of us I'm just telling you some of us are really having a hard time with this you're trying to direct God and God said I'm not having it you don't get to direct him he's saying you surrender to me you give everything to me and then you trust me and I'll get you exactly where you need to be I couldn't direct that bottle rocket I, I couldn't do it do you understand how powerful God is the stuff that we let side rail us push you know get get under our skin God's looking at it I mean we're, we're going oh God's going I got it I got it what are you sweating about what do you I got this turn around look at your neighbor and say it he's got it he's God he's got it say it one more time he's God and he's got it stretch your hands to heaven with me one more time father I thank you for these young people God I just ask your blessing over their life today I pray father that as they surrender to you God that you light them up God that you allow the light of your love God to shine through them that you direct them and take them to places they never thought about going use them for your glory I give you praise for Before everybody leaves turn around say it loud say it strong let there be light come on give my hand clap of praise God bless you we love you